0: first thing I would say is um, you need to download, track and then rank. Uh, Let me just talk to you about what this means. So download means take a look back over the last two weeks of what you've been doing. Look in your to-do list, look in your, um, your calendars, look in your uh, project management software just open up, um, a Google sheet and download all the things that you've been doing, you know, as, as many as you can. And then when I say track, is you're gonna you know track your time for the next ten days to two weeks. Um, every half an hour, write down exactly what you're spending your time on. This doesn't sound sexy, but this has literally changed my life, and it's changed you know everybody that I work with. I put them through this exact uh, process, and they are you know absolutely blown away by. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Steven Peterson.
1: Hey, before we jump in, I do want to talk about uh, just two sponsors today I'm going to talk about. I'm trying to not hit you with so many of them, and and I turn away 90% of them. So, you know, the few I have, I believe 100%, so I just want to make sure that's clear. But I'm talking about Amazing Freedom, and they're getting ready to launch their course, and um, if you have any interest in it... Um, I'd like you to send me a private message. Um, they pay me, so a I don't hide anything. Won't cost you any more. But if you come through my link, what's cool is um, a they pay me, but b you're going to get time with me and Andy, some personal time. Um, we're going to do a group call for anybody who's interested in a two-hour deep dive, and we can get you know give you kind of a bump, little jump um in the business and you can get real personal and and ask a bunch of questions um in addition i'm going to prep if you send it to me your first shipment up to a thousand units Uh, you pay for the supplies but my wife my son and i we will prep your shipment do a cursory inspection and you know how important that is because when shipments come in and we get shipments in by the truckload container load air whichever And sometimes they're damaged. And so we take pictures of it, send it to you, do a cursory inspection, make sure the boxes aren't crushed, give you some feedback on it because you've seen enough product over time. We can help you with that just to say, hey, you know, this is something you might be able to improve. Matter of fact, for example, I have a client that we're doing, we have to put a sticker on their product and I'm like, why don't they just print that on there now? Because it's expensive to buy stickers. It's a lot of labor to put that sticker on and it's like, that's a simple little tip that she probably didn't think about when she did it just you know um and next time she gets that stuff printed it's like just get them printed and it's two-sided and well which side gets the sticker put the sticker on both sides right you know just print it and make it look like a sticker you can do that stuff. So, so that's an example of something that we can help with so if you're interested in this course which 100 percent you should be if you're interested in doing private label um is by far the best group i'm in there with you um reach out to me just send me a private message and i'll add you to list and uh, give you um, some access and again you'll get we're going to do a, a group call for with two hours with andy and i in the warehouse or, where we can help walk you through or talk about it get specific and um, really help grow your business the other one i want to talk about is seller labs i just saw something about um, <clears throat> search terms you know, and relevancy and all that kind of jazz. And, you know, if you're selling on Amazon, you're spending money in ads. We all are, right? The best place to get uh, search is organically. The best uh, results, the move up in those ranks, it seems that organic search is going to help you the most, right? And so if you can put the words in, so when the person puts in that they're looking for your product, they actually see your product, not your competitor's product, that's a huge deal. Well, Seller Labs has scope, and that's what it allows you to do. It actually allows you to put in the best, most proactive search terms that are out there. And the re- the way you do it is you look at your competitors, the ones that are doing well, and you could say, oh, this is what they're using. Therefore, I should use the same thing. Makes sense, right? Because guess what? Somebody's going to do that to yours, so you might as well do it also. It's a, it's a big advantage to actually do the work. Very simple to use, very simple, very inexpensive. And if you go to sellerlabs.com, forward slash uh, scope. Use the code momentum. You're going to save 50 bucks. You're going to save 50 bucks. And they, they give you a couple free search terms. But to save the 50 bucks and go and try it and see if it's worth it. To me, you know, it's, it's important. And, and we use it for not only for private label, we use it for wholesale. And it's really helped. Again, if you're a wholesale seller and you can improve a wholesale listing, you win. Yes, your competitors who also sell on that product win too. But it doesn't matter. You win period. That seems common sense to me. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 366, Aaron O'Sullivan. Um, Perfect example of the type of guest I want to have this time of year. Somebody who, A, was a seller, so they know the pain points that we all have, right? They've been through it. They're just not talking and, you know, you know, well, you know, textbook stuff. This is real life stuff. Somebody who's done it. And Aaron's been a, a private label seller, sold millions of dollars, did lots of products, all that kind of jazz. What I appreciate, a couple things. First off, a uh, real key takeaway for me is if you have a team in the Philippines, go visit them um cynthia stein's told me the same thing that one of the best things she does is she gets over to the philippines a couple times a year to meet with her team to really invest time with them you want to talk about feeling being part of something i think it's very powerful and that's aaron's advice too and he did it and it changed his life and i think that's very cool um, part of the story part of his story and to help it define it's helped define him and and i think that that's really cool um, second thing is I love the, the, the phrase he uses about an e-com factory. I mean, if you think of your business in that way, you break it down into bite-sized pieces, and you parse it, and you pull it apart, and you do your standard operating procedures. Um, I, I pressured him to ask how many would a company have, and he's like, sometimes it's hundreds. Well, that's overwhelming. For me, it's overwhelming, right? I mean, we've got some, but it's overwhelming. But that's what you hire a company like his. Steve doesn't benefit other than you having success. And to me, if this is something that you're in that six and seven figure and you're looking, you're struggling, you need to get some help, he's going to give you a set of SOPs. They'll fine-tune them for your business. To me, that's very, very exciting. Imagine hiring that person on staff to be just your sop person how much would they cost how much does that talent cost well you're going to get the best example and the other thing is remember they've done it for many many businesses so to me you're going to get the best practices because going to say steve why are you putting tape on left to right you should be doing it right to left it's we find it seven percent faster or something like that a bad example but but you get my point is that you want to be with somebody who's worked with a whole bunch of people because they've already seen what works and they're going to help you take a look at your business and sometimes you're not going to like what you see and it hurts but you get to the end goal, which is to improve. And so very, very cool guy, very, very smart, um, very experienced, and, and just a great discussion. Let's get into the podcast. All right, welcome back to the eCommerce Momentum Podcast. We're excited about today's guest, a uh, guest from across the pond, as they like to say, who's here to help us improve our business. And the reason that I'm having him on this time of year is because 2019 is getting ready. I, hopefully, you've done some planning. Um, Hopefully, you're still shipping like we are. We're doing Merchant Fulfill all day today, all day this week. Um, But we have a plan for next year. But executing the plan really takes a real strong strategy. And I think uh, Aaron O'Sullivan is here to help us figure that out. Welcome, Aaron.
0: Hey, Stephen. And thanks so much for having me on.
1: Well, thank you. Um, You are an expert in this stuff. First off, you are a seller. So we can be clear about that. You understand what our business is. You've done, you've developed private label, you've done all those things. And I'm assuming that this program, this systems culture and impact um, program that you've developed over time is related to the challenges you had.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely right. So, um, you know, I started out uh, in 2013 and um, started selling on Amazon. I was actually in the far northwest of Australia, working in the mining um, regions out there, and I was doing like 12, 14 hours outside, and it was just like this is this is not this is not like long term. This is not. Hmm. Um, so I was um, out there for my visa, getting my green card, turned to e-commerce and started to learn how to create physical products, and yeah, came a lot, come across a lot of challenges along the way, of course, um, but we launched. Um, our first brand, and you know, things took off. And um, you know, I was kind of like a, a kid in a candy shop, launching loads of new products and so forth. And um, things started to take a bit of a, a plateau and a decline because I just, you know, had too much on my plate, so to speak. So, um, within that process, went over to the Philippines, helped build a team um, of 45 staff, and it was my job to do all the systems and processes and team building there. Um, and from that um, experience, I learned kind of what worked and what didn't work. And you know, through trial and error and failure, um, a lot of failure. So i uh, been helping people with that um, more recently.
1: So... Let me, let's start back a little bit further because I'm interested to find out why you decided to get into physical products. Well, I mean, I get the physical outside work that you didn't want to continue doing, but not everybody's geared towards that. Some people are computer people, some people are, you know, uh, salespeople, what have you. What was interesting to you about physical products, and did you have any experience with it prior life or with some family member?
0: So, what was interesting to me was how we could create. Um, Product which would make a, a small but meaningful difference in somebody's day and how scalable it was um, across the globe. That was really what really pulled me in and, and got me so excited about beginning my um, entrepreneurial e commerce journey um, at that point.
1: Well, what led you to believe you were an entrepreneur? I mean, what, what you know, because you're working outside, you're like, all right, this physical work, that ain't for me. I get that. But what yeah. led you to believe that you're an entrepreneur?
0: Deep down, I always knew since I was hmm. young that I was here for something. Uh, and I wasn't the same as many, you know, most of the people that I grew up with. Um, I always knew that I had, um, you know, I always had a big drive to contribute um, to people and help people. And, uh, you know, that really, I, I always knew I was only in the mines and doing, doing that work to get, um, it was a means to an end so I could get my Australian visa. Um, and I always, it was just, I was just waiting really to, to finish that and, uh, you know, create my own thing and okay. it came along just at the perfect time. You know, I think Jim Rohn talked, you know, he says it best, you know, when the um, the conditions are perfect, the you know, there's just enough rain, you know, the seed's been sown, there's enough wind, the sun's there, and it was just at that right time. And, um, yeah, I, I kind of dived in headfirst and uh, kind of never looked back.
1: And and so you've made the standard mistakes everybody does. How did you figure out that, that this part of the business, this system's, part of the business, the people part of the business, the creating a culture part of the business was, was your lane as opposed to sourcing in China, which some people are just natural sourcers or some people are even salespeople. But how did you figure this out?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. So in 2014, I flew over to the Philippines and I arrived and, um, we was in the middle of nowhere. And basically as soon as I arrived, I knew that what I wanted to do, I wanted to use, um, you know all the businesses that we create to help um, to help children in the Philippines. To and that well, was
1: talk about that for a second because I've heard you say this on other podcasts. It's very moving. Um, it's not all. I mean, I don't think. I think we're so far away from it. We're so removed. We don't think about uh, that. There is some third world level uh, activity there, right?
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, the reason when I landed in the Philippines, I knew you know, something changed in me fundamentally when I arrived. I'd never seen poverty as extreme as that. And I was, you know, we had these businesses which, you know, you know recent, maybe two years ago, um, I learned how to create brands and make profit out of, out of thin air. And I was like, if I'm going to create something, I want to use it as a force of good to, to help these children. I'm a father myself. And, uh, you know, that was the first thing which I realized when I kind of arrived in the Philippines. And when we started to started to build... A team and started to uh really you know kind of grow into a leadership role i realized that's what kind of my strengths were and you know i've always been really good with with people and always want them to do the best uh, and to to support them and lead them And ever since i was a kid i always had um you know through sport and i was always kind of the leader of the team and the captain and so forth so it just made sense to me you know um that's kind of what made me fascinated with how to um how to grow a team that can all move towards a common outcome together and, all, you know, and nurture them to you know, become the best that they can be in that role so we can all move um, towards our outcomes as a team. So it was really in that process of going over there um, and experiencing it on the ground and working closely with people that I realized that this is actually what I really love to do and uh, just been fascinated with businesses that have been able to create amazing cultures um, you know, throughout the years.
1: I, I think if you didn't do that, it wouldn't have be you wouldn't be where you are because getting you know we can all go on uh, Odesk or whatever it's called today and and hire uh, uh, people from the Philippines right it's very simple to do, but you lose something because a most of the time you don't even Skype with them to see them face to face, you you lose something with it right that you don't make that real connection as a team and you're always like well are they part of the team are they not. But physically seeing them face-to-face, that's got to be moving for them also, that you took the time, you know what I mean?
0: Absolutely, and, you know, I think it's an absolute um, honor and a, and a pleasure to support and help, you know, grow um, people in your organization because ultimately, you know, if you're employing you know people overseas or even, you know, locally to you or in the Western world, you know, you're like a, a big deal for them because, you know, yeah. They're part of the team and you're moving forward towards a common outcome. So it's, you know, it's, you know, I don't take that lightly. And, you know, that's something I kind of learned when I was over there. It's, it's really an honor and, you know, we're changing, help them change their lives um, and helping them grow as people, which is just, you know, incredible.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a, big moment at least in my life too is anytime you can do that you know I think of uh, Cynthia Stein is somebody that goes to the Philippines and meets with her team on a regular basis is that something now that you're seeing more of and are you recommending it to clients that if you are going to develop this team that you really do want to invest time with them and really if you want to get the best from them
0: right yeah so I think it's incredibly important to have um, within any kind of team to have regular communication rhythms you know no matter kind of where you're at, if it's, just you, if it's just, you know, two partners, then it needs to be the more structured you can be around how you communi- communicate on a frequent basis, um, i.e. with, um, you know, weekly, we call them workshops. So if we have a team workshop, um, it would be start of the week to plan, OK, what are we going to be doing for the week That's ahead? Um, and, you know, your daily scrums. You know quick fifteen minute stand ups each day to see where you know where are we are at where are we in regards to where we're going um you just always having clarity on you know what the outcomes are for the year ahead the quarter the month, and you know what we're doing this week to move us there just reverse engineering uh where we're headed as a team so
1: I think it's really strong I love that start your week with a strong team workshop that's such a powerful statement right there um might even be your uh the title of this episode, because I like it so much. It's it really, you're right. You're starting the week ready. Everybody knows what we're doing this week. Everybody's on the same page. And hey, you know, where are the problems? Where are the challenges? Where are those pinch points, as I like to call them? Well, let's talk about, because, I, you know, I've been reading some of your blog stuff too, which is phenomenal. And again, uh, and I'll give links. It's systemscultureimpact.com. Um, I love the phrase the e-com factory because it used to be building an Amazon business was the place to be, right? Or back way earlier, it was building an eBay business, right? Or then building your own website and then turn into Shopify and all the rest of these big commerce and stuff. But now it's – or Facebook now, right? Uh, Instagram, you can sell. It's really building a presence on all these things, right? And so when you're thinking about it – I think the description, the visual description of a factory is a real strong um, visual aid for me. And I like the phrase e-com factory. Walk us through that, um, where that comes from and what, you know, because we have a lot of small listeners or small sellers, uh, part-time sellers like myself that are listening to this. And then we have big sellers too. So can you kind of walk us through that?
0: I totally can do that. It'd be my pleasure. So, um, I like, I'm a big visual person and sometimes when we're so close to the, the trees, we can't see the forest, right? And what I mean by that is, um, you know, that statement's kind of overused, but if you think about um, your business in a way where you can look down it, down on it from a bird's eye perspective and understand, um, you know, all the moving parts to your business, you'll realize that it's, you know, um, made up of all different kinds of systems and like any Any result in your life, effect, a good effect or a bad effect, is a result of a system which is in place and working or a lack of a system that is, you know, or one that's not actually, uh, you know, efficient. So if we map our business out in in that visual way, we can start to see where the constraints are in the business and where the bottlenecks are. And um, a big revelation for me is um, I read a book uh, a while back now called The Gold by... Eli Goldratt, which is absolutely legendary. Um, he is Jeff Bezos' his top three books he gives to all of his strategic uh, staff. So if you've not read it, you need to get it because it's incredible. Um, but that book really helped me understand um, the strength of the business is determined by the the speed of the bottleneck, and that's what businesses do that grow. You know, like Amazon have done, they consistently find you know the the weak, you know the the biggest bottleneck and allocate all resources to fix it and make it more efficient and then the next one and the next one and that's what you keep doing to increase throughput which in our world is typically you know sales and profit so I'm giving you this context um, because in the book The Goal it's it's a parable around um, a factory out in the United States a manufacturing facility and it just goes through its an incredible book, and it teaches you how to identify the bottlenecks, or aka constraints, and then how to kind of fix them. So, um, I mean,
1: is it basically you're taking your business, breaking it down into bite sized pieces and then watching the throughput or measuring the throughput in some way? And then, as you say, find that, that bottleneck or I call it a pinch point and then dealing with that and the way to deal with it. That's the, that's probably the art, right?
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's it's an art to, you know, I find it useful to to have a visual of the entire business hmm. or the moving parts. So Amazon e-commerce, you know, we're talking about if we, if we went from left to right, it's, you know, you can map, if you think about it, kind of like a, an org chart. Um, this is what's been helpful for, for us to to put that visual on it. You've got all the different areas of the business, you know, the product related stuff. You've got, you know, the kind of... Um, operations, you know, the finances. You have got the um, marketing and sales aspect. If you map that out onto an org chart, it, you know, you can use that uh, as a guide to, you know, look at it as a factory. So, if this is everything and this is all the roles and the kind of responsibilities of our company, where on that org chart, or your, if you're looking at it as a factory, where is the bottlenecks right now? Where are we needing support? And that can help you identify and then. Basically, try and uh, alleviate them bottlenecks to increase the throughput or the, um, the, uh, you know, increase the amount of money your company can make. Hmm.
1: You know, I, I think most people would relate to this is that they're probably the bottleneck, right? And that's what they usually find. So a lot of companies have decided to outsource certain services. Now, if I'm correct, you offer some of those services. Am I correct in saying that?
0: Right, so the reason that we... We kind of, I talk in this way of, you know, visualizing where the constraints are. Because we've done this over the years again and again. And we've, um, you know, we've realized that a big sticking point for sellers that are growing their e commerce businesses is, you know, they're great visionaries. A lot of the time, they want to be focused on product creation. Um, They want to be focused on marketing and sales, but they get caught up in the day to day operations and the details. And, you know, I know I did when I, you know, way back when I, when I really started to have issues and I realized that for most people, it's not something that they enjoy. So things like, you know, inventory management, you know, chasing shipments, um, printing labels, chasing suppliers, you know, and all that stuff to do with end to end, uh, inventory management. So.
1: It's a big we, bottleneck for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. Big it's a, it's a right pain in the backside for most. And, um, you know, once, once you've got a business and it's, it's really starting to grow and you've got, um, you know, you're trying to launch new products, you're, you're trying to open up a new marketplace and so forth, but you're dropping the ball on your inventory management and your listings go down and, you know, your cash flow stops with these. in, in some cases you're best selling listens and it, it can be, um, you know, a real big challenge. So what we, what we do is we just remove operations like inventory management and customer service from, uh, kind of high six and seven figure sellers plates so they can get to creating more products, open up new marketplaces and, and building their assets like their email list.
1: So let's talk about inventory management because in the old days, back in the, when I was in college, I worked in a factory a little bit and I remember they had, you know, in-house departments that handled that lots of in-house people touching inventory, always doing counting, always doing different things, tracking, 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 work in progress, right? Um, you can do that remotely now. Um, the, is it a special software that allows you to really get your hands on it? Or is it? Or are we back to that communication uh, that you talked about? Can you walk us through that?
0: Yeah, totally. So um, in the context of it, so we have like FBA trained team and we just methodically remove inventory management and then customer service. But what we do is we, we hand them a filing cabinet of SOPs that we've built up over the years and refined and just personalize them to How our beautiful. clients' businesses. So... Our team, we have the system. We have it all there, where we just tweak it to fit the specific client um, and keep them updated for them. So it's kind of like, um, kind of like a bolt-on operations department to companies, so they don't have to worry about finding, finding staff, hiring, training, and, and onboarding, and so forth.
1: So yeah, that so would what, be part of it. Right? Well, on the onboarding process, you would say, well, you know, do you have? Uh, give me a bad example: forklifts and packaging and all those, all those different little things that could make my business sharper than yours, or vice versa then you can fine-tune that system, and you build me a custom set of SOPs? Is that right? That's right. Oh, beautiful. Because that's a big issue. We all know it. Everybody knows that that's the number one thing everybody's saying that you must do. A is, well, two things. One, do monthly financial statements. Two, build out SOPs. Um, and to have those SOPs, most people are stymied when they try to start because it is it is overwhelming when you think about how many SOPs. How many SOPs does a standard e-com company have?
0: That is. Ultimately, there's, there's, it depends on the complexity of the business, but you know, it's not uncommon to have hundreds. Okay, of S&P's. hundreds.
1: All right, sure. you're a couple person operation. Even though you, you, know, as you say, they're doing mid, mid six figures, mid seven figures. Um, you still, or most of these companies are really tight, right? You know, they're they're so tight because good people are hard to find and keep and re- retain. Um, to have to take the time to build out hundreds. Have you ever estimated how long it would take for somebody to do that?
0: Um well, it does take oh wait we taken us ages like years so to um to get them to where they are today at least the challenge is with s o p creation it's ensuring that um they're being created kind of correctly that can scale um because what happens a lot of the time is people begin s o p s they create a couple and then they lose them on their hard drive or their uh, mm-hmm. or their cloud, and then you know they never get used so that's a big challenge for most and it makes people that they, you know, they don't want to get started in creating them um, and, and actually put them to use. So yeah, it takes, you know, a long time to get them um, dialed in and and then, you know, first, first and foremost, identified, created, and then approved and then ongoing, uh, used ongoing Um, is the updating of them because these businesses change so quickly um, in terms of there could be an update with Amazon or they could be um, You know, something changed with a certain software and, you know, the whole group of SOPs need to be updated. And that's something which really gets put on the back burner for people that have got so much going
1: on. 100%. Yeah. I'd never get back into it. So then let me make sure I understand this. So if somebody was using your services and Amazon changed a height requirement of a pallet from 72 to 70 inches or whatever, right? You guys then automatically go through and update my SOPs? Is that correct?
0: Oh, that's, yeah, that's what we do. So anytime there's a change, um, you know, our team kind of stay on top of the changes. And so you don't have to, you know, they don't have to worry about it. You know, the people that we work with, they just get on to keep launching them products that are ultimately growing their business and uh, open up new marketplaces. Because here's the thing, you know, I speak to, to, um, you know, sellers all the time that, you know, they might be doing 10 hours a week to 40 hours a week on inventory, management and customer service. And, you know, that's anywhere between 40 and, um, you know, like 160 hours a month on just operations. Um, one of our clients was doing 40 hours a week, and we, we just removed all that. And, you know, he's been launching new products and, you know, ultimately making more money in his business because of that. And he's not having to worry about all the headaches of suppliers and the management of, um, you know, chasing the shipments and so forth. So, um, yeah, that's, that's really... You know, the, the big thing for people is they know that they can make um, a lot more money if they focus on what they're best at. And typically what I found is most sellers, they want to be creating new products, opening yeah. up, up new marketplaces and
1: for sure. doing the fun
0: stuff, right? Not the detail-orientated, detail-orientated logistics.
1: I want to get to customer service in a second, but I just want to understand something. As new marketplaces open up, right, and right now, you know, uh, I guess uh Walmart or maybe Facebook would be the last large uh, uh you know channel to open up. What um what do I get with your service of operations when when something like that occurs? How easy is it for you to help get me started because I'm assuming you got a bunch of clients on those platforms, correct?
0: Right, yeah. So um our our like best clients are they've got an, you know, an FBA econ business. And they've been wanting to get to really scaling out their Shopify store and open it up in Europe, for instance, hmm. but they've just been held back. So um, what we find is once we free up, uh, you know, ten hours a week or more um, by taking inventory off their plate, customer service off their plate, um, they now actually need to spend that time opening up new markets and so forth. So we would bring that in as the you know, part of our operations as When we're setting up the inventory, for instance, Europe or a new channel, we would have to bring that in and add them to our filing cabinet of SOPs for that particular client. So our team, um, so each client has like a relationship manager, um, they have a customer service specialist and so dedicated
1: to me, somebody that I can, I get to know on a first name basis.
0: Totally. Yeah, totally. It's very, we have like, um, pods, which are, um, Accounts which are associated to each client, so relationship manager, uh, inventory management specialist, and you know we call it a customer love specialist because hmm. um, they're doing a, a ton of different um, customer-facing tasks on a daily and weekly basis. All
1: right, well let's move on to customer service because I think that is an issue that right now most people don't have to deal with, and I I think of drop shippers. I've had a I've had a few really large drop shippers on, and they said the number one problem they're running into. And this was a couple of years ago, I've had them on. So I imagine it's much worse. uh, Was customer service. They didn't have it because basically they never touched the product, right? They bought it from uh, a company, they put it up on eBay or Amazon, whatever, and it just shot through. And it was fulfilled by somebody else, so they really never touched it. They get a question here or there. But now, with, with the everybody buying everything online, the expectation for questions uh, or people to answer my questions are there, right? And so they don't have – they have not that infrastructure in place, and they're operating at such a low margin to begin with, it just started cutting into their profits. Is that something that your company helps with, and can you give us some examples of uh, what you've seen work?
0: Okay, so just so I'm super clear on the question, so um, – can you just repeat it for me, Well, before?
1: yeah, I can. I mean, basically what I'm seeing is that customer service wasn't a big deal because we all used to say, oh, Amazon takes care of customer service or, well, eBay yeah. never did. But but that was the old days. Um, uh-huh. As, And I'm using an example of drop shippers because they were a perfect example of a, a perfect system, right? They never touched the product. They got paid up front for the product. Then they ordered it all within seconds, and it got delivered to that person, hands off, never touched it, right? Made a small margin, but they wash, rinse, repeat. However, now what I'm hearing from them is that there are people asking questions and they have to establish some kind of customer service and they don't have an infrastructure built for that. And so are you helping with those kind of companies? And then I was looking for some examples of what you're able to do from a customer service point of view that's working.
0: Is that better? Yeah, perfect. Sorry. Um,
1: I probably didn't say it right. I apologize.
0: That's brilliant. So... um, for what we find is, and this is from, you know, my experience and working with, you know, tons and tons of seven figure sellers, six and seven figure sellers over the years. um, You know, there's always going to become a point where, you know, your customer service income and inbound inquiries does, um, you know, pick up. And, you know, most people think that it's just answering emails, but um, for us, at least we, the customer love system is what we call it. There's, you know, a number of things involved with that from, Um, review, answering, you know, positive and negative, Um, you know, manning all the inboxes. If you, you know, if you've got Facebook inboxes, if you've got um, more than one um, customer inquiry inbox, as well as your Amazon uh, account. So that's to name a few. You've got your refunds, your, you know, um, fulfillment orders. You've got, you know, everything in between that a customer service rep can, can kind of do. So, With that, there, you know, in my eyes, is definitely a need for um, an agent or two to help you. Um, Obviously, if you've just got um, things are picking up, then one should be enough. But if you are actually going to be going ahead and answering the customer service emails yourself and you've not yet got a staff member and you're looking to hire a a customer service-based type person, then just start documenting what you're doing Hmm. as you go. So you can build up some kind of step-by-step SOPs as you go. So when you're ready, um, when the, you know, when your margins uh, allow you to, you can, you know, l- literally hand over the, the tasks which you're looking to off, offload. Uh, it's with, very
1: freeing to do what you're describing, isn't it? I mean, very freeing.
0: Yeah. People, people typically think it's, it's not, but it, it, it doesn't sound sexy, but I can tell you now when you do it and when you actually offload it, it feels a lot sexier than doing it. So, uh, um it's just taking the 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 initiative to pull open a document it could be just a google sheet or sorry google doc sorry and just writing the steps down on that particular procedure and just adding to it over and over again you know every time you do it and quickly you'll be able to build one up and offload it um to the new team member when you you go and you know fire and um sorry hire and train and onboard the
1: we used to call them a Zendesk. Us old dudes back in the old days, we had a zen desk, right? That you would hire a company, and they would have all your questions there. When when something came in about your particular company, they answered it the way you wanted, and then you would fine tune yeah. it. Well, now the ability to get that done, um, and and these are good English speaking um, staff members, correct?
0: Absolutely. yeah. Okay. So that's it's it's really really key for for that to be um, you know top priority. So in terms of how that happens, because it can be difficult when you've got, um, you know, for instance, one of the guys, one of our clients, he was doing 27 hours a week on customer service. He was doing 500K, about 450K actually a month when we first met him. Um, And he was doing 27 hours a week on customer service. Um, So that was a huge opportunity for him to get that office play, Hmm. because within that 27 hours, he could launch easily one or two products a month. And his typical product launch, you know, was bringing him anywhere between thirty and fifty k in sales per month. So there's a huge opportunity there. If you're spending, just say, ten hours a week on uh, operations, and you know that you can bring in just twenty k per product that you launch per month, then over the year, that really, really adds up.
1: Oh, for so- sure. The other benefit to me, I mean, this is when you're not so close to it, where I'm sitting back and you're feeding me the customer service, I'm seeing a report, and these are the questions that are getting asked, I'm recognizing that I'm not effectively communicating with my product. So maybe it's a packaging issue. Maybe it's my instructions. Maybe it's something else I can do to pre-answer those questions. Because I think about Amazon saying, every contact is a fail, right? That means we didn't do it right. You shouldn't have to contact us. We should make it all easy. Well, that's an opportunity. And when you're so close to it, doing all that work yourself, you never see the patterns. You don't see it because you just—it's right in front of you, and you just can't see it. That forest through the trees. Back to your example, right?
0: Yeah, totally. Um, and that's what we found. I mean, our client—he came to us. And he had like—it's going to sound crazy, but he had like over 400 canned responses um, that he was using, wow. and they were all over the place. So we took—you know—took the system um, improvement, it, removed it from his plate, and now he's launching new products and and, and really uh, scanning his. Uh, scaling his brand even further.
1: All right. So so customer service and then inventory management or operations does seem to be uh, the two areas that you specialize. Is there another area that you really help uh, businesses?
0: So that's where we are now. We're going to be kind of bolting on new services down the line. And because let's be honest, there's a ton of stuff which is just tactical and not strategic with things like product launches and, um, you know, a lot of people don't want to be doing um, the day-to-day firefighting areas of the business. So there's a lot of scope for how we can help people. But for us, we found that most people, the biggest opportunity is the inventory management. Um, so, you know, a lot of people that are not have not got um, their systems dialed in with their inventory, they can get hit with like long-term storage fees and stuff like that and listings go down. So that's what we want to help people with initially, and, you know, down the line we could add in other 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 services too
1: well because you're you're just putting as you see these pain points come up again i mean i guess that's the beauty of sitting in your place you're seeing all this right Um, and so you get to see uh write up a a pattern (laughs) across a whole bunch of businesses and then you can address it to me that's very powerful all right so talk to me about um one of the cool things that you have is a uh, a cheat sheet that you offer for free and and I'll well we can just we can say what the link is now but you offer a launch a product launch cheat sheet your term right i think you call it so, the ultimate cheat sheet not the not the best the ultimate one
0: <laughs> yeah it was being really humble when i wrote that yeah well
1: uh, you know hey
0: no but um yeah it's it basically gives you a start on system so um in this example of it's, it's how to set up a system, basically, and how to improve over time. But I used it through the context of product launches because um, it's kind of more attractive for people to get dialed in and um, it's kind of easy to follow. So it's like, I think it's like seven pages, um, PDF, and it's uh, real clear on how to get started with systems to get stuff off your plate, get organized, and so you can keep scaling. So, um, yeah, check it out. It's uh, systemscultureimpact.com forward slash launch and you can grab a copy um, at your leisure.
1: Well, what I like about it, because I did, um, is you're basically putting it in perspective for people because again, I think most people get overwhelmed. They start with great intentions. Um, and I usually find most processes work for about two weeks and then people revert back to what they were. So you're basically saying, no, let's build a new framework. Let's just a new, I mean, it's probably that Tony Robbins stuff coming out in you. Build a new framework. Get a whole new perspective and then follow it and then boom, wash, rinse, repeat, right? Wash, rinse, repeat.
0: That's it. Totally. I mean, if I can help, you know, what we're all about is how can I help, you know, incredible entrepreneurs to get stuff off their plate, get organized so they can go and create the impact that they are put on the planet to create. And I've seen it time and, time and time again. It's happened to me over the years being bogged down with the minutiae, the details, which, um, a lot of entrepreneurs, people like us, don't really like. So, um, you know, this cheat sheet will show you how to get started and how to, to to offload some of these tasks and set up a system so you can do what you do best.
1: It's the perfect time of year, right? So here we are, right? The end of the year is coming along. Um, hopefully everybody had a great Q4, um, and they're looking at, I call it a Q5, January, February, March, right? It's another opportunity to sell what you have get rid of some of your mistakes, but really launch, right? I mean, it, that's fine. Um, but I think launching your business in a better way, if you what, what, what didn't work this year and fix it for next year. And so I think it's very powerful to have a plan. And so um, and let's, let's just get this right. So it's systems with an S, cultureimpact.com okay, is your website. There's a whole bunch of information. There's blogs, there's podcasts that he's been on, a um, whole bunch of them, uh, really good, strong, a uh, lot of good content. Um, and then you sign up for this uh, cheat sheet. All you have to do is give him his email, your email, and, and you get this. And it's really great. I mean, it really has a lot of actionable steps in there. And so put all that out there. And are you on Facebook that people, if they were had to get in touch with you, or is it based the best way to get you is on that, that site?
0: Yeah, I'm on Facebook. So if you have any questions whatsoever, you know, reach, you know, type Aaron O'Sullivan. And we've probably got, you know, a few friends in common. So just add me and, you know, shoot me a message. Okay. Um, if not, head to systemscultureimpact.com.
1: Okay. And so the goal of this podcast is to help people who get stuck. And I think, again, for this time of year, this place where we're at – um, you actually have you could help launch people who were stuck um with a whole new year and I'm very excited about that. So can you give us a short approach that you would recommend for somebody who's kind of like, Aaron, I just don't know where to start.
0: I would love to. I would love to do that. So um the first thing that if if you're in a place where um things are you know beginning to be overwhelming you know, you've got a lot on your plate and you're looking to just get things, you know, get some quick wins, get them offloaded. Uh, the first thing I would say is um, you need to download, track, and then rank. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me just talk to you about what this means. So download means take a look back over the last two weeks of what you've been doing. Look in your to-do list. Look in your, um, your calendars. Look in your uh, project management software. So just open up um, a Google Sheet and download all the things that you've been doing you know, as many as you can. And then when I say track is you're going to you know, track your time for the next 10 days to two weeks, um, every half an hour, write down exactly what you're spending your time on. This doesn't sound sexy, but this has literally changed my life and it's changed, you know, everybody that I work with, I put them through this exact, uh, process and they are, you know, absolutely blown away. I was going to by- say, it's
1: gotta be eye uh, painful to look at sometimes.
0: Hey, Stephen, the first time I've done this, it dented my pride massively. I thought I, was, <laughs> I thought I was being really productive and I was, you know, uh, but, you know, dented the ego a bit. But what it what it done is it gave me awareness and I was quickly to be able to see all the areas where I frankly shouldn't be working on, which is not moving the business forward. You know, the bottleneck type areas of the business, um, as we talked about uh, earlier. So download is the first piece. Um, look back over all the stuff you've been doing. The second is track your time for 10 days to two weeks. And then you're going to have basically a long list of items that you can now rank. Uh, So what I mean rank, I mean put in order of highest um, frequency at the top and lowest value. So the things that come up the most and most often you want to put them at the top. And basically under the top 10 things, you can draw a line, which is your strike list of things to get off your plate. So you can get some, uh, you know, the immediate time and energy and um, effort kind of ROI will be immediate as soon as you offload these. Let me ask you you a
1: question there because this is important. When you look at the people that you put through uh, this program, those top 10 things that they were working on, how significant of their week was it? What did you find? Just a guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it it does vary, but it's it's proportionally much larger than they okay. assumed before so it's, we it's,
1: it's, it, this. So if this is off your plate, you could gain back 20, 30 hours a week. I mean, is that realistic?
0: Oh, without a doubt. So, hmm. you know, looking at each one of these tasks and seeing, you know, is it really strategic? Can anybody else do this in the business or am I the only person that can do it? Um, and if it's something, you know, if it's firefighting and, you know, if it's tactical, then, you know, you could you know, pretty much offload it. So um, there's a great coach called Dan Sullivan who had, um, you know, another, another lens to look at this through, which might be helpful. So once you've downloaded and you've tracked your time and you've, you've got all the tasks out in front of you and you've ranked them in order and next to each task, you know, look at it and assess whether it's something that, you know, you're incompetent at, which means obviously you don't want to do it, you don't like doing it, and it can be removed from your plate. So that's the first kind of lens to look at it through. The second is, are you competent at it? And there's so many things on people's plates that I speak to. Yes, we can do it because we, we've got good in it and there's nobody else that can do it um, as good as us yet. And these are the kind of things that we hoard onto and we, we don't like to offload. So that's the second label. Are you it, No, C for competent. The third would be an E for excellent. So this is, are you excellent at doing these tasks? And, you know, these could be kind of more high level things, um, things that you're just so accustomed to doing, but ultimately they don't, you know, fulfill you. They don't make you, you know, really happy when you're doing them and they don't, uh, they could actually be offloaded. The The fourth label is your zone of genius. So this is what the thing that nobody else can do in the business. That could be product creation. That could be um, you know building relationships with with um influencers or building uh, business partnerships things which is you know really high level that you do best and that would be your zone of genius so once you've got this list look at him through that lens and anything with um an incompetent able or competent or excellent you could be really looking at them through a lens of you know what's what of these can i remove uh, first and you know that can be um Added, so you can methodically remove them from your plate.
1: I mean, do you do you look at it through? So, because that's probably a pretty wide swath. Do you then focus and say what brings me revenue or what brings me profit? Or you know, I mean, how do you narrow that down? Uh, because you can't tackle it all. You're, maybe my list is twenty five things. Where do I start? Maybe that's a better question.
0: Yeah. So I would where there's the highest frequency, the thing, the tasks which come up most often with the lowest value in terms of okay. profit generation. And, you know, everybody's slightly different in, in what they do best, but for most people I work with, they want to be spending time creating products and, and really, you know, designing the marketing strategy um, to get them visible and viable, whether that's on Amazon and you know, Shopify and so forth. So does that make sense?
1: No, I, make, I think it makes perfect sense. So again, we're going to download it, And this is painful, but you know what? I think back to Dan Miller of the Dave Ramsey fame. And Dan's advice was always like he would take November and December and look at everything he's done, basically the same system, and then get rid of the lowest uh, deliverables. And he said, you know, while some people, even though they were profitable, his theory was I can't wait to see what replaces it. And to me, that's what gets me excited about what you're saying, The same, basically the same thing is downloading it a, you get you get your arms around how big it is and how what you've created. It is what it is. But then tracking it, I think that's going to be the most powerful thing. Painful to do, but then you're going to see how much YouTube you're watching or you're going to see how much uh, pack and boxes or whatever, right? And then um, ranking it. I think you know, the ranking is a little subjective, but I think the way you, you gave us two, two ways to look at it, I think, is very powerful. And again... Imagine picking up 30 or 40 hours a week or 20, 20 or 30 hours. And what could, what could it replace? What could you do instead? To me, that that's exciting. Very, very exciting.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, you know, the, 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 one takeaway, if you've got a lot on your plate, download track and rank, and then, uh, understand what is your strike list and then methodically get it off your plate. Um, so you can focus on creating new products and launching them, whatever you do best that makes the most money for your business.
1: And what you still love to do. I mean, to me, that's so important that you actually love it, too. Okay. So, uh, again, I'm going to put Aaron's uh, contact information, um, his Facebook thing. But, again, the website is called systemscultureimpact.com. Forward slash launch would be that download, which I did. And it's very powerful actionable steps right there cost you nothing, but your email. Um, and man, I, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you taking the time, um, to help us move forward in our business, Aaron really do.
0: Hey Steven, it's been my pleasure. Absolutely loved being here and um, just thrilled and honored. So yeah, if anyone needs help, um, I'll be more than happy to point him in the right direction. Take care.
1: Tony, what a great guy, uh, great experience, and and download that report. Um, I did the ultimate cheat sheet. It's really strong. That's I, I told him after the call. I mean, who's ever doing his graphic is phenomenal because that I'm a visual learner, and I love uh, that visual, you know, impact of me just following it and the colors and everything just making it easy. It's like I can see um, each box and just start ticking boxes. I'm really good at ticking boxes, and so very very helpful. Um, so. Again, his uh, uh, website is systemscultureimpact.com forward slash launch. You'll get that um, report. And if this is a service that you can use, again, I don't benefit other than you having success. Um, and I think that's very, very cool. ecommercemomentum.com, ecommercemomentum.com. Take care.